I thought, I come from no kids, impossible to three kids in Ubeli. And honestly, at that time, I felt I cannot, it's too much. I cannot have a tri- triplet pregnancy. I cannot deliver and take care of triplets. I cannot. Hello, people of the interwebs. I'm Tash Doherty, and welcome to the Practical Guide to Pussyhood, the show about birth control, periods, and liberating yourself from the patriarchy. When I was in France earlier this year, I met a woman called Anne at this gathering and I could tell immediately when I met her that I really liked her because she was very intellectual, very outspoken, and she really did not give a shit what anyone else thought. I told her about this podcast and she agreed that she was interested in telling her story. And so the next day, which also happened to be my birthday, we did an interview together. And Anne's story was so completely fascinating to me. It's the first story you're going to hear about IVF or in vitro fertilization when you harvest sperm from the father and eggs from the mother and mix them together outside of the womb and then implant those embryos in the woman's uterus. It's the first story you'll hear about complications with the old type of IUD or called the sterile in France. That's the one that has since been taken off of the market. We'll learn about what happens to Anne when she miraculously falls pregnant with triplets from her first round of IVF. She talks about abortion and the fact that life is not just black and white. It develops. It is a process. She talks about the duty to protect life and that we have to be honest with ourselves when we can't protect it. Needless to say, there is a lot to unpack in this story. And yes, this episode is a little bit longer than what I usually go for, but when we get down to it, Anne told me some of the most profound ideas about life and having children that I have ever come across. And her story is the kind of story that really makes me fall in love with doing podcasting. And so I hope you enjoy it. So your name is Anne. Yes. And how old are you? Now I am 61, going to 62. Okay, and you live in Paris? Yes, I live in Paris, but I used to live all over the world, especially in Asia, and even in New York. And uh, I've been a journalist uh, all my life, and since five years, I am a painter. Lovely. Okay, so yesterday when we had dinner, I asked you about the IUD, and you said to me, a woman who has never had children should never get one of these things. Yes, okay. I, I spoke uh, from my own experience because I, I began, I was a daughter of a couple who has been through what we call in France May 68, so a very liberated education and a lot of freedom, maybe too much, I don't know. But anyway, I got my sexual life at 13, my first experience, and I was completely immature in terms of really knowing about controlling babies and my periods, everything. So, uh, you know, uh, I knew about the pills, so I more or less take pills, but I take one out of three days with uh, jam because I hate pills for a good reason. So at the end, I went to the Planning Familial, which is in France an organization which still exists that helps a young woman to deal with what the problems of fecundity and, and everything. And they advised me, and I think it was a big mistake, they advised me to use a sterile, uh, something, I don't know. The name it's called an IUD. IUD. It was a new one in copper, was supposed to be safe, 
but I got an infection. And, you know, I was completely responsible at that time, so I didn't really change it regularly. I got an infection. And when I decided with my beloved husband, many years after, around 27, to get pregnant, I could not. And so were your, when you were talking about your early experiences getting the, the IUD, was that Uber that you were with then or no, was no, it no, somebody no. else? No. Uber, I met him, I was already 24. So no, 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 no. I had a lot of partner. A lot, I mean, some. Some. But was that because of the liberation, you think, yeah. of the 60s that yeah, exactly. were kind of... At that time, it was normal. I was not especially uh, vicious or nephoman or anything else. <laughs> You went out, you got, depending on your personality, you got a partner and that's it. I had regular partner, I had a few not regular, but then I got the first boyfriend from, let's say, 14 to 20 something, and then another boyfriend from 20 to 24. Mm. In between, I would have little things. But basically, I had a. I was very similar to my friend around. Mm-hmm. Not, not the fact that I was very early. I was earlier than most, let's say for 15, 16. Do you think at the age of 13, though, you made a consensual decision to have sex when you were that young? I like, was, was your not partner? pressured of being, having sex. I oh. decided uh, I had a, I was a part of a sort of a gang, a nice gang, not an awful gang, but a gang, you know, as you are when you are 13 and quite, you know, long hair and music and things like that at that time, very 68. And, but it was after, it was 75, but... So, uh, keys and then, you know, things uh, like that. And at the end, we had this uh, sex relation. And uh, it was not traumatic or anything. No, no, no. It was, uh, wow. Things are complex if you deep down uh, how you organize your your life and uh, you try early. You, you... In fact, uh, this guy who was my first boyfriend for a few weeks, months, Later, he became the husband of my sister. Really? Yes, because uh, <laughs> I left him. I yeah. had my life. But you also so young. He was I mean, no, but I was let. Yes, I was fourteen. You know, and I yeah, left. Exactly. I studied in Paris. I, uh, I major in politics science and. Uh, was it? Were it was you not before a, or just after. Or yeah. Something were you in a smaller village? Was that it? So yeah. There wasn't that, many, small there wasn't that much choice. Twenty thousand. <laughs> inhabitants and he was a very nice guy mm-hmm. a very funny guy and full of humor and uh, me I wanted my life in Paris I wanted to leave the countryside I was very ambitious in a way my sister was different a different priority you only decided to take the IUD the steril because it was like was it new at the time when you were taking it no it was not new the model the copper model was new no 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 sterile is old I mean I don't remember when it began but but I went to the planning familial and what, that was what they advised. But at that time, it was a mistake. And did you ever read in the news afterwards where they said, oh, thousands of people, of no. women in France have this problem? No, but difficulty to become pregnant, not necessarily because of sterile, huh? I don't want to say. I'm not a specialist and I don't follow things like that, especially you are certainly better informed than me. But what I see is a lot, a lot of sterility problem, a lot. From the early IUDs? No, 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 yeah. from any reasons. Not this specially, sterile. What I want to say is the fact that you, you, you think you get pregnant easily. And that's not true. Some women get pregnant easily. Some men and women, couples, get babies easily. Some others don't. For male reasons, female reasons, many kind of reasons. But it's not 
just something that I want a baby, I'm going to have a baby. No. Mm. Life is not that fair. It doesn't work like that. Around me, I don't know how many cases, I know young friends, people that don't get pregnant, even if they want. And so they have to go through what I went through. And I have to say that for the sterile in particular, I am not very knowledgeable, but what are the new thoughts? So I don't mm, want to mm. give advice that have no meaning now. Yeah. At that time, when I was young, that was a mistake. Yeah. But now, maybe not. Yeah, now it's, it's very different. There's many new types. Many more women are, are using them. But I just don't understand how or why this product would have been created and then not tested properly or had... The uh, thing is that when you have a sterile, I don't know for now, the one now, but at that time... It's very important to check it very mm. regularly. You had to get a new one put in often? I should have. I yeah. didn't do it, and that's why I got infection. I think you, I should have at least changed it every year or something like that. That's yeah, now you can, for example, the copper one is approved for like 12 years in the US. So you just get it and oh, okay. then it's at that done. Time, no, I don't think so. But I, I think you should ask a doctor about uh, really the risks. Uh, I'm not... Uh, what I can tell is a little act have a lot of consequences because my trump, my organ, were blocked. Your tubes were blocked. Yeah. So that was a big deception we tried. Then a friend of mine who was a doctor for women, she advised me, first of all, to take an operation to re- reconstruct the tube. So I go through that, but it didn't work. I was a journalist, very active journalist at the time, I remember. But I did it. I went to France, I got it. I was in Japan at the time. Okay, so I tried to adapt. It didn't work. And then I had my work and I said, okay, let's go on with my work. I'm still young, I can continue. But at one point in my life, I remember, around uh, 31, like that, 30, I told myself, Look, I love this man. This man wants a baby. No, he was 38, something like that. He needs a baby. Okay, I'm going to be loyal and do it. And at that time, I was in the process to enter a big, big name in journalism in France called IFP, which is like uh, Associated Press or UPI, but a very big company. And I was the best, my dream of my dream. Okay. But I said, no, I am loyal. I am already 30. I have to do it. So uh, secretly, I went all this... Uh, injection, everything I had to do. And you know what? They, I got five eggs. They put three. Is this what IVF, like the early uh, days Two babies, yes, uh, mm. in vitro. And everything worked. The first time. I was absolutely surprised. It's a tree. And I must recognize, I'm not proud of it, but I felt like I cannot have triplets and try to work in a journalist company. It was too much, just too much. So I spoke to this doctor, fantastic doctor, that really was really human. And I knew we didn't want to do specially this uh, abortion of mm. one. It was the fifth time in France I tried it. He didn't want, but he understood. He really understood that it was too much for me. So he said, okay, I'm going to take one. He took one. Do you want to talk a bit more? And you don't have to go into too much detail if you don't want to, but um, to understand the process of abortion as well, because I think I, I've never actually interviewed anyone with, who has gone through IVF before on the podcast. You're oh, yeah. the first one. So they put the three eggs in you, and then how do you choose which one? Uh, oh, no, you cannot choose which one. That is not what you do. You, you, you just thought, I thought, I come from no kids, impossible to three kids in your belly. And honestly, at that time, I felt I cannot. It's too much. I cannot have a tri- triplet pregnancy. I cannot deliver and take care of triplets. 
I cannot. This is beyond my possibility. I don't believe I can. It was overwhelming in a point, and I think at that time it was like that, nothing more. So I spoke with this beautiful doctor who helped a lot of women, and he was one of the first to develop this technology to have two babies in France. They keep the testers, the first ones. It mm. was the first ever done, maybe in the world or in, in Europe. So he was completely dedicated to give baby a chance of life. So he was mm. absolutely not an abortion doctor at all. You mm. know? He was Christian. He was very dedicated to his job. We had a discussion. I explained I cannot, just cannot take care of three at the same time. And he accepted to perform that. For me, with a lot of warm uh, compassion. And he did it. And then the two others should have been able to leave. Mm, mm. They were perfect. There is no problem. The thing is that then I had this job. I continued my job. I was under pressure. I had a complacent doctor, a different mm. kind of the other one, who, because I, was, I didn't like to take pills for many reasons I don't want to speak about, I didn't want to take pills. He said, okay, you don't need pills. You can do that. And at the end of the day, I should have taken these pills because that is something that maybe for me it was difficult, but at the end of the day, it would have saved the life of my kids. I didn't. But the guy said, okay, no problem. You don't. You can work. You can work until six months. You. He didn't tell me the risks. And that is it. He, when the, I lost the baby, he said, it's you, you cannot have a baby because you know, it's not your fault, you know, it's your body, not your fault. And I said, what's my fault? I moved too much. Yeah. So he, he tried to escape his own responsibility, telling mm. that I, I am, you are not responsible, my little darling, and, which was false. Yeah. So I said, I can have baby first. You are bullshit and I don't believe you. And I tried and I got pregnant with Jules. No problem. So I think you don't believe everything. You are responsible for your act. Mm. even abortion, but uh, you choose. If you cannot, just cannot take care of a baby, you don't deliver a baby, you cannot take care of. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. I didn't really have the same feeling completely for the first one because it was an abortion and honestly it was really the beginning of the pregnancy. The other one, I got really tenderness. It was in my belly. I really loved them. I want them. You know, I had time to develop feeling for them. Mm. And when I lost them, I felt it. I had a real delivery. Of, uh, well, for six months, I mean, six and a half. It's so a lot. It was really one week or two is I could have been viable. So it was really at the end. It was a drama, and I missed them. I gave them a name. I uh, my life. I think I delivered five babies. Mm. I got three. You mm. know, that's a completely different story. But for abortion, my, my, my feeling is life is continuous process, you understand it. I saw my baby before they were in my belly when you do injection. So you when you have the eggs, eggs there, yeah, you, you see the potential eggs. on so the my, eggs. So my, my, my experience mm. is that babies begin, you know, you have, first of all, spermazoid, yeah, they get an egg, the eggs is outside. In my case, nobody's inside. You, you put the eggs, the eggs try to nidify, you know, take a mm-hmm. nest. Your nest in your, in nest, your walls of your uterus. And the nest, it, it begins to really, you know, develop. At the beginning, it's really teeny, and then it becomes. So life begins, you know, where? With the spermatozoid and the ovule, with the nest and the tenderness, or the attachment, or the fact that you love you, you, this new being, develop. And the more you wait, the more you wait, the more it's cruel to stop a life. Uh, you stop a life. Yeah. That's true. When even the eggs in the frozen thing yeah. said, no, you have no chance at all. So you stop a, life, a potential life. But I think the more you wait, 
the way you kill something mm. instead of stopping your life. It's a subtle differences, but when you have experienced that, you, you understand that. Because at one point, the, it's, 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 it's a balance, like everything. At one point, uh, it, I think it, it becomes more difficult. The, the life itself has more, I've put more potential in it. And I think maybe you, because it's also in your body as the woman, you experience that a lot more because as the life is developing inside of you, yes. the experience of seeing an egg and saying, no, I don't want to put the egg with the sperm inside of my body, then having the or smaller embryo being aborted then, yeah, and then having a miscarriage at six months, like I feel like that is completely yeah, different of yeah. levels and of life and attachment to yeah, those. Attachment. And yeah. I think also a child... Is a human being. A child is a potential adult, you know, you have never to forget that. And, uh, you know, this is Khalil Gilbran, your kids are not your kids, they are life inside you, they pass through you, and, and I completely believe that. You have this very important duty and, and joy to nurture this life of your kid, but your kids from, come from the life, not from you. You have to understand that they are not ours, they are life that comes from your ancestors, go through you. Because they come, my kids began their life outside instead of beginning their life inside. So mm-hmm. I really saw that, experienced that. So they come from outside. They come, they go, and they go outside. You have to protect. So you try to protect. If you're not able to protect, it's not even necessary to try. You said, okay, this life to develop. Okay, your ancestors, spirit, something. They want to develop. But if they, they, nobody's there to protect, they cannot. Like the flowers, you know, if, if it's... If you plant your flowers in a not a good soil, they are not going to develop. So the mother and the father, the couple, the one who really do the thing, have to protect. But if they cannot, yeah, that's life. What can you do? They cannot. They're too young. Mm-hmm. They're, they're too tired. They have other kids. I, they put all the energy. and they. So that's why I am not an anti-abortion person. My position is to say, life comes outside of you. Life is not your property. You are a protector. If you cannot protect... You cannot have a baby. That's it. Yeah. So if the life begins to try to develop in yourself and you cannot protect, that's normal that you, you, you are honest saying no. But do it quickly because then it becomes a real kid. And I, I am much more severe with people who are too lazy and too irresponsible and that stays alive developing, even becoming a kid, and they cannot protect the kid. And I think in this case... I don't want to put a blame on somebody, but I think it's not a good thing. Because then the, the kid's a real kid <laughs> and he has real demand and he's a real being now. It is a really a sort living, of sort breathing of, thing on its yeah. own. And need you. Yeah. And if you cannot be there for him, I don't think it's good for him yeah. or her. So that's why I'm not an anti abortion. I think some people are more responsible saying no yes. early. Yeah. Interesting. I lost a baby at six months and a half. Which has nothing to do with the first abortion. The first thing, it's just what we call the rupture prématurée de la poche des eaux. The water mm-hmm. collapsed too early. I would say Wazling was a very active person. I think at that time, even now, we were supposed as women to be very active, not stop being yourself. During a pregnancy. Yeah. So, okay, you rest, but so... At the end, I lost the baby. It was terrible. I don't want to go too much into that, but it was terrible because they, they died. They had to kill the second one because it risked infection. I risked myself infection. It was uh, the death, so a lot of death, three deaths. I was a little bit, uh, I would say, very, very, very sad and and depressed. But I understand now through friends or young friends that this happened quite often. With twins, it's happened quite often that you have late 
death mm. of because I use this podcast to tell, especially pregnancy of twins are exceptionally delicate, mm. and people will pressure you to say, "Yeah, you can do it. Pregnancy is okay. You can work." You know, no, you have to be conscious that you're protecting life. Mm. It's the priority. Anyway, I got my priority right after, <laughs> and I said, "Look." If I look at myself in, let's say, at 50, at that time I was 30-something, and I have no kids mm. and no husband because I think this one will not stay, will I have been a successful life? I must say, for me, mm. again, for me, other women can have other reactions, but for me I said, I want this family with this man. Yeah, so you want children. I them. wanted children. I wanted a family. Mm. More than children, I think, at that time. I was not really conscious about... I come from a family of six. I was not like the woman that want children. Of, uh, my husband wanted children. Mm-hmm. I just wanted my husband to be happy mm-hmm. at that time. Do you really think he would have left you, though, if you hadn't had children with him? I think I would have let him go. Mm. Because I, I, I know uh, Hubert, is, uh, my husband, is, is really a fantastic father. It's joy of his life. It's mm-hmm. very not the only one, but it's a, we have a beautiful relation for a very long time. Now it's nearly 40 years. I could not do that to him. So I would, if I could not have kids, and if I choose my profession, well, it's also me. I mean, I could have said, okay, I am 30. At that time, I was 32. I wait again. I let him. But I'm not like that. I don't think you, you, you postpone a decision. At that time, I thought, I am in the process of making a family now. I mm. do it. First of all, I, 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 tr- I, I forget to say, I tried after that to have, again, a baby. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I said, my priority is that. For my work, uh, I want to be a journalist. I am a journalist. I will continue, but I will find some... So, and you know what? First of all, they had two eggs, mm-hmm. I told you. They had two eggs in the frozen thing. Yeah, so you had five harvested. That's the only eggs that you had. And then yeah. you had three, and then you lost those babies. And then now then the two others. have they two tried left. to put it instead of activating your uh, hormones to have, because it's a lot of injection to just get new eggs yeah so they they choose first of all to try to put these eggs that were there and i could not ovulate my body didn't react at all to any treatment it was not possible and at one point i really think soulfully and i said to myself look and you don't want kids that have this history and i follow my feeling and i said to the daughter I said, look these eggs that are not for me not children they are mm. potential but they are not they are not already nidification inside me which is a very different story mm. for me still a potentiality but not really life because a lot of eggs don't take so it's uh, like the grain you know and yeah. I said to myself these uh, eggs would not become children because I don't feel like having children that have this history with them. So I said, yeah. I begin new. And the first time I begin new, it works perfectly. What, when you begin new, what does that mean? It means that I begin with uh, a, a, a tr- trying to have a kid again, mm-hmm. but with a new, everything back to the treatment from the very beginning. So I don't mm-hmm. take eggs that I've already have in history right. or anything. Right. I just begin. So I got to all the treatment. Maybe you... IVF treatment yeah, again. Again. And it worked. Mm-hmm. So I got uh, eggs and uh, they put, I think uh, I got two or three, I don't know. They put two only because with me, they said, okay, two. <laughs> only one stayed, that's Jules, my son. And then I decided I'm going to play it soft. So I decided I, I, soft for me was already working in a way because I'm always very, so I, I decided to, 
to, to take a kind of MA of psychosociology. Mm -hmm. So I went to university, had my pregnancy in university. Really? With friends and studying something that interests very, very much uh, me now. And it used, I use it after for my work. I, I speak Japanese, so I studied Japanese. Plus I studied the relationship between Japanese and French. Well, things mm -hmm. like that. So I continue to be intellectually avid and have friends. But things that I'm completely master, I can say no. I'm tired. I stay. Or mm -hmm. no, no so you just have more flexibility with much, your work. Yeah. when you were it pregnant. was more studies and work at that time. Right. I had a project book. I really keep alive, but in a most subdued way. And mm. a certain and more than that, in a, I was a master. I couldn't mm. decide. Yeah. When I was the one who decide, I'm tired. I stop. I was not like in in, in agency. You you are completely slave. Mm -hmm. it's, it's in thrilling. your journalism agency, yeah, yeah. You you slave to the actuality. What are the news? And you cannot explain to your boss. Look, I'm tired. I don't go to this hot spot. It's impossible. Yeah. So I said, okay, that is not for me. Why I try to mm -hmm. have a baby. They, by the way, they asked me after I lost a baby. They said, no, we cannot take you. It's a problem. You will want to have other babies. So they're giving you pregnancy discrimination yeah. at work then? At that time, yes. Yeah. They, legally, I'm not sure they could, but I mean, I was completely unhanted. I, I didn't fight against that at that time. I was not in the position. But a friend of mine was head for economic uh, section, called me because I spoke Japanese. It's, really, it's quite rare at that time. And I was a good journalist. So they told me, you, do you want to come back? Just as the moment I learned about the pregnancy of Jules, mm. my son was mm. there in my bed, my belly. I said, no. I will not say so, tell the same thing at the other time. I am pregnant and I'm not going to... I mean, I was not saying no directly. I just said, I am pregnant mm -hmm. and I will be cautious. And my friend said, if you're yeah. pregnant, I cannot take you. Now, because you cannot, we cannot take a pregnant woman now for this kind of job. I must say I was on a contract, limited time contract mm. that was renewed. So legally, yeah. I'm not sure I could have fought. Maybe I could have fought, but would have been a big thing and I was you know I, my focus changed I said my priority is to have this family and I will manage that was uh, and, and by the way I have managed because then we went to Korea I got also another time pregnant flying from Korea to France to get my injection and everything because at mm -hmm. that time in Korea in the beginning of the on the 90s, uh, absolutely impossible to have any treatment there. So, Wait, so how did you get pregnant again the second time? Same. Yeah. So I cannot have baby without... Uh, I could without have, IVF. Impossible. So IVF. But I got pregnant with twins. Mm -hmm. And this time, I, do it, I did it very carefully with the twins. I fly back to France. I was in Korea. I stayed in Korea. But when I fly back to France, uh, five months, and I stayed... But at that time, I was... Uh, I was a professional, again, working for a magazine, French-English magazine in Korea. So did you just, like, lie down and not do anything while you were pregnant for one with the twins? Not, not from the beginning, but mm. when I came back at five, five months, I went to the hospital. Knowing my history, they had, uh, had this problem of opening. And they said, okay, look, you are going to stay. I stayed to my mother-in-law. <laughs> I had my son with me. My mother was fantastic. She helped me. Were the twins still born prematurely then? Yes, yes, they were born prematurely. One month, which was not... They were born okay, mm. but another mistake from the medical, really. They told me, you can go back to Korea, no problem, uh, in two weeks. Which mm. was a complete mistake. I went to Korea and then, drama, they got meningitis. First, 
one. These newborn twins who yeah, are like two weeks old because get it was meningitis. the most polluted city in the world. So but at the time, at that time, uh, uh, nobody told me no, you cannot go. A lot of baby, babies are born in Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe retrospectively, I think I could have chosen to to stay with the kid, but my husband agreed. Everybody agreed. The doctor said I was not pushing for that. Yeah, it was normal. But it just seemed that everyone was like, "Okay, okay." So I went, and uh, and then Rachel, one of the twins, got terrible uh, meningitis. She was six weeks between death and and life. (sighs) Finally, she got away with nothing, not even a problem with ear, nothing, and (laughs) everything relieved. Well, I, I make it short. It was very, very tough. But at the end of the day, every, also because a very good uh, Korean doctor, extraordinary, linked with America. And, yeah. Uh, they, they were speaking about which kind of antibiotics. They tried everything. She was half paralyzed. It was terrible. Anyway, the first months, the first two months of I was in Korea, I went 52 times plus six weeks for my one of my daughter to the, to the hospital. But plus that, it's 52 times to the doctor. Wow. So I can tell you, I was spending my life with doctors. But um, anyway, but then after that, the other one got mentioned. Oh, my God. So it was tough. The first year, three kids, twins, meningitis, a lot of problems. After that, I would say I had no problem. And so how much time, given your personal experience, would you recommend for a new mother of twins to... Not do anything. I think relax and be with in the my children. case, it was not a, not necessarily about doing not doing things. It was just I moved to a very polluted area. I think uh, when you have uh, babies, twins, babies, very especially the one who are born a little bit earlier, are what we call immunodepressive, which means they don't defend themselves so well. Yeah, their immune immune systems aren't very strong. Yeah, yet. not strong. And what happened is that uh, nobody told me. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing is important. At the end of the day, it's better to be on the careful side and the doctor are not protecting you. Yeah. Don't rely on doctors to protect you. Some are very good, some are less good. But anyway, you have to be the judge at the end because after that, I, I changed a little bit my attitude and I really, uh, more and more, I would say it's one, it's not sort of point like, yeah. but I get to understand that that's my baby, that's my family, and when I want to protect them, I have to be very, uh, to rely on myself. And mm-hmm. I saved my girls because of that, because I don't want to go to all the detail, but when they discovered that Rachel was, was not well, she mm-hmm. has, I uh, don't know the medical, but, but she was dying. And yeah. I, I said to my husband, like, I said, no, 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 no. I went to the hospital, I passed in front of everybody. I said, it's very urgent. And finally, I saved her. Yeah. So I think don't rely on the first advice. Don't, don't think that the first doctor that has spoken is right. You are the first, you are like a wolf mother, you know, you have to yeah. protect your cubs. And, and, <laughs> and you, are very, you are really, so it, I don't want to say you have to not trust, you trust, but you trust cleverly. And if you don't agree completely with what the doctor says, or if you feel looking at your baby, that uh, it's not really true. You have to, I went back to France because the doctor told me the name for the kids, they don't have specialists. So this Korean medical doctor that was the one who saved my girl, by the way, because she was the one to say it's urgent. Then she was telling me things about this one. I'd, I should do that, should do that. And the I doctor's felt telling you all different kinds of stuff to do. things that are yeah. not... Uh, well, I felt it's... She was crying like crazy. She had 17 spinal tappings. And then 
she was back and she couldn't dress her head and she mm. said you should put it on the, on the belly and, and and she was crying crying like crazy i said no this is not what i want to do so i took my baby with yeah. my arm and i went back to france yeah. and i got the exam and i spoke to my pediatrist that i really believe mm-hmm. and that is the kind of thing you have to do if you can if at one point you you don't trust it's you feel guilty not to trust you know you don't know what to do but Especially if everyone's the... telling you to move to Korea or something when you're new with twins. You just trust. You trust what the doctor says. And if you have doubts, trust two doctors or three doctors. Try or ask advice. Like yeah, if you, you do your, 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 bath, mm-hmm. your bathroom again. Yeah. What? You don't go to one guy necessarily. You do to have two budget or three budget. You ask. Yeah, you ask different for your kids. You can do minimum that. You know, yeah. you can do minimum that. You can mm-hmm. really... And I think it, you have to be empowered as a, as a... You know, then I want to tell that after that, I did my career. I wrote and published 10 books. I uh, was reading two magazines. I don't want to have a hugely successful career. No, but I very honestly, I had a good career, an interesting career. Not Money-wise, not so much, but mm. in terms of not... It was okay. So I think I found another way to be myself. And I think at the end of that thing, of course... During the, maybe 10 years, I really missed the job that was mm. my dream job. But now at 60, I look at my life and I really don't regret because uh, I had another kind of life, but a very interesting one. So. so do you think you could have foreseen your priorities changing? Like when you were 30 and younger and you were like this budding journalist, did you get that level of excitement about writing your books? Like, could you just put it in a different format that worked more yeah, for exactly. you? You know, when you are young, you want, uh, I guess, profession, you want to have a, a very um, prestigious and, and exciting job and well-paid and, and honorable and everything. And I think this is very normal. You learn a lot. Being, in, for example, if you're a journalist and you, you're working for the press agency, you learn a lot very quickly. It's a very important thing. And I did it, and not very long, but I did for one year. But at the end, writing a book and writing several books and, and you are more alone, but you, 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 you do a lot of things that are fantastic. I even got a prize. I, my book get translated in Chinese, in Japanese, not in English. But uh, I mean, I met a lot of people and I was my own master. I think mm. I, I transferred from working in a very prestigious place for friends and, and challenging place to, uh, to, to things that are more uh, like you, you are your own master and you challenge yourself, but you get published, you get interviewed, you get people read you. I mean, it's, it's not that bad. I mean, but it's more like your own internal force that push you instead of external forces, force you to do things. But uh, I don't want to say that I discourage women to, to be very hardworking. And, uh, but I think... Well, I have two daughters, and and, and what I, I would say to young generation is that don't forget that at the end of the, the day, tenderness, love, family, warm feeling are very important. And you can manage to do both now. The situation has changed. That women can at least do job as well as men. So it's not anymore, I think, a fight. Well, it's it's still diff- sometimes difficult and challenging, but... It, Compared to my, and especially my mother, my grandmother's, nothing to compare. I think you, if you work hard, you, you get things. I think so. But at one point, I don't want to say you have to sacrifice yourself, but you have to, to have a, if it's possible, have a, a global view of your life instead of focusing only on, on career and job and image and beauty and, I don't know, things that are important, but not the only thing. So looking at the whole package yeah, rather than just one part at a time. 
at the same time being very careful not to become the sacrificed one. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a difficult balance. Um, so when you were like having your young children, was there any expectation that your husband, Uber would be helping to take he care helped. of them? He helped. And, uh, no, but I'm, I was very privileged, you know, that it's true, because uh, we worked abroad and my husband was a diplomat and I was a journalist and we had help. It was much easier. It would yeah. have been much more difficult in France. In France, we helped. But at one point, when my kids were between six and ten, like that for the girls, and we were in France, and I, was, and I had some help, but just normal French help, so it's a six-hour week or something like that, and I managed. But they were already six. So I get back to what is normal life for a lot of, let's say, semi-bourgeois no, ah. things, nothing exceptional, and it worked. So I think um, when the kids are very little... You need help. Mm -hmm. You need help as much as you can. Family or hired help or I don't know. It's difficult to do it alone. And I have a, a real job. Uh, I was asking you a question because you are 25, like my daughter, my twin daughters I mentioned before. And the thing is, it could be interesting as a journalist to develop. When, I think you, your idea is very interesting, the collective mind, I think, for, for developing this kind of new way of being a woman and having a happy life with tenderness is important, warm feeling. I think, you know, I ask you the question, but I think I could ask the people who are listening to the program or my daughters, you have an idea at 25, what you want with life, and do you project you at 40? And do you have an idea of how, what do you want to be in at 40? First of all, do you have this idea? And then you are 25, you have an idea of how you get from 25 point to 40? Do, should I have a boyfriend or do I keep the boyfriend? Do I form a couple? Do I marry? I don't marry. I create a family. I have a kid. How I protect my job, my career, especially now that a lot of young women have uh, moves around for their job, so they don't stay in one point, and the boy also don't stay in one point. So how can I create a couple if I don't even know where is home? It's a question of home. I think it's a very important word. How I create a home for myself and for the people around me. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Practical Guide to Pussyhood. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any feedback or questions, you can hit me up on Instagram. My handle is Tash R. Doherty. Or you can send me a little message at tashdoherty.com and subscribe to get me right in your inbox. Tune in again soon and we'll be back with some more stories about liberating yourself from the patriarchy later. Lots of love.